Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Chris Stafford in Florida and joining me again from Park City, Utah is Jess Kelly. Jess, welcome back. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be back. Lovely to have you back all the way from the mountains there. How is it? How is yes. it? Is it uh, been a good summer for you? Yeah, it's been a great summer. Pretty busy. It's been really nice weather here in Park City. It's a kind of a outdoor mecca. You can do everything. So yeah, it's been a pretty nice summer. I envy you those mountains. <laughs> you know, even the hiking in the summer up the mountains is just so much fun, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And there's just endless trails here so the hiking and biking you can go on and on forever and not run ride on the same trail so it's it's pretty amazing <laughs> so you stay pretty fit all year round then uh yeah I try to I think it's a little easier in the summer you know there's a lot more to do but yeah I would I would say so Cool. And you keep an eye on World Cup news as well. So we'll pick up all the skiing news later mm -hmm. on in the program. But we have a full show here again just this week. We're going to be focusing on swimming and athletics mainly. We have other mm -hmm. news, of course, from different sports. But we are going to be talking to Shannon Vreeland and Maya Dorado, who just got back from the Swimming World Championships in Kazan. And Kendra Chambers, one of our WISP ambassadors, track athlete, she's going to preview the upcoming world championships that take place in Beijing, China shortly. And then finally, we have a coaching tip in partnership with the Female Coaching Network. Kathy Butler is going to offer a tip for runners. That's all later on in the program. But let's start with all this swimming news, Jess. Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, mm -hmm. what a haul of medals for the Americans. Oh, I know. It's pretty amazing. I mean, Katie Ledecky alone won five gold medals. So they were they had a pretty impressive showing over there. Can you imagine coming back with five? <laughs> no. <laughs> shall we, shall we just uh, remind everybody what she won those medals in, Jess? Um, hold on one second. I think she was freestyle, was, wasn't it? It's all yeah, freestyle. It, well, and she set a couple world records as well. Um, she was the 800-meter freestyle champion, and I'm trying to remember right now what she set the world records in because that was um, – what was so impressive for her. Let me see here. And she won the, the, the 400 free, the 1500 free, the 200 free, the 800 free relay, and then the 800 free, as, as you said. So, 
I mean, you can't, you can do better than that to come back with that amount of medals, but giving her obviously so much confidence going forward to Rio. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, just everything in front of her. What a fantastic future that young girl has. World records as well. (laughs) And then Missy Franklin, she won a couple of golds too. Yeah, she she won two golds um, in the 800 meter free relay and the mixed 400 meter free relay. And then she was... Uh, silver medalist in the 200 meter backstroke so and 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 the two bronze we shouldn't, shouldn't oh yeah two bronze yes yeah. in the 200 meter free and the 400 meter free pretty <laughs> and she was the one from you know from the 2012 olympics that everyone couldn't stop talking about and she chose to go to school over becoming a professional swimmer at the time so that was kind of a big deal and now uh, she must be getting close to finishing her school career i since we're all coming upon the next Olympics four years later. So I think at that point, it'll be interesting to see where she's at. And there'll probably be some pretty good rivalries going on at that point between all these Americans. I would imagine, you know, really boys them up for the next Olympic Games when, you know, they've come from a world championship, which counts so much in qualification. Of course, there are selection trials as well right. next year. But um, <clears throat> we should give a shout out to Haley Anderson, the open water five kilometer swimmer. She won the gold medal over there. And uh, Haley, of course, mm-hmm. has been on, on our show a few weeks ago now. And she was on with uh, Shannon Vreeland. Shannon is going to join us now to tell us about her medal haul from her European trip. Well, she started off in Korea. She's had an amazing, what, 42 days overseas with the... I know, she did the World (laughs) University Games and and picked up an armful of medals there and then did training in Italy and Croatia before she went to Russia, where at the World Championships she won a gold in the 800-meter freestyle relay prelims and the Mm -hmm. bronze in the 400 free relay prelims and I, and poor girl she picked up a cold when she got back but I was able to catch up with her uh, this week and uh, hear how this tour went because what an achievement all of those medals so let's hear what Shannon has to say about those few weeks away welcome back to the program Shannon thank you well huge congratulations what a haul of medals on this trip tell us how it all began and and what you've been doing for the last well several weeks haven't you yeah, yeah. Um, June 29th, we flew overseas to go to Korea for the World University Games. Um, it was kind of cool because I went four years ago also. Um, and I just swam a couple relays, uh, just prelims of one relay, and then I was on finals for another and just kind of took it all in. And this time I got to come back and I was voted as a team captain and won both my events and was on three relays. So it was kind of a completely different experience. And I wouldn't say one was better than the other, but this one was a lot of fun. Um, I knew almost everybody on the team, and it was just like a really good time. And then after that, I went to a couple of training camps in Italy and Croatia. Uh, Italy was pretty cool because usually that meets um, where we go to like interesting places. We don't really get to see the city at all because we're 100% focused on training and competing. But in Italy, we got to go to Rome and Florence and go do some sightseeing, which is kind of awesome. And then we went to Kazan, um, Russia, and had world championships, which was great. Um, I swam on a couple relays there and just got back a couple of days ago. So. Yeah, picking up all together from that trip, seven medals, did you say? Yes, yep. That's one, one heck of a haul. It's probably the most you've won in a year, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but unfortunately, you got, uh, you, got yeah. a, you got a little bit sick when you got when you got home. So time <laughs> to recover now from that amazing experience of it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, traveling takes a lot out of you, um, and being gone for so long. I think just going to so many places and just doing being in so many planes and all that air. Um, I just got back and got a little bit of a cold, but I'm getting a lot better. That's, so, that's good. Not the best way to kick off my week of relaxation, but it's better than it happening when I'm trying to start up training again. Well, that's for sure. All while you're racing, too. Much better for it to happen right at the end of the meet when I've done something. Yeah. Well, let's talk about those performances. Any personal bests in there, Shannon? Any sort of standout performances that you particularly were pleased with in terms of your career uh, time so far? Um, quite honestly, I wasn't super pleased with any of the races. Uh, there was definitely no personal bests in there. My performances at World Championships were especially disappointing. I swam on two prelims relays um, and didn't quite swim fast enough to make the finals, and I've been on the finals relays with both of those since 2012 and 2013, 800 free relays. Um, in Korea... I was happy with how I raced, but not necessarily the times. Uh, the conditions were a little bit different there. Not everybody was really swimming where they felt like they could be swimming and going the times they felt like they could do. So I was happy with the fact that I got in and raced and got my hand on the wall first. Because um, sometimes, you know, that's the best you can do at certain meets, you know. Yeah. It's more about the race and doing your best than necessarily what your times are. So even though I really wasn't pleased with the times, um, I was happy with the finishes. I was just wondering what you took away from that then. If you said you weren't overall pleased with the placings or no personal best, what did you take away from it that you can carry forward then from those experiences and help you with your training to prepare for the next meets? Yeah, I think um, I haven't really had a bad summer um, or a bad season really since I've been... um, in college I had one disappointing one I think my sophomore year summer maybe my freshman year summer and that's that kind of fueled me into 2012 um, where I had a breakthrough year and uh, made the Olympic team so I'm hoping that kind of this being my first real down season in a while that it'll kind of be a good motivator and kind of set me up for a good season next year just kind of having that in the back of my mind as a reminder to like keep going if it feels especially hard one day and not to really get complacent or anything. I think this past year has been kind of tough. Um, recently graduating and trying to navigate the whole, you know, not being on the college team, but still training with them and not really having a place that happens. And it's, I've talked to a lot of people and I've heard that almost everybody kind of goes through like a weird, not necessarily a slump, but definitely a weird transition period um, the year after they're done with school and trying to transition from college swimming to professional swimming and it's just a lot different so I've heard you know that the second year is a lot better and hopefully I'll get back up on my feet this year and have a good season yeah what does that involve for you then now transitioning Shannon what what are you what's your daily routine like now i mean does it give you give you more time obviously you're not studying anymore but what about uh, life outside the pool that's kind of what's been hard to figure out um i'm kind of looking to see if i want to get involved in 
you know, maybe a job or mentoring or tutoring with our athletic department, um, kind of looking into doing some volunteer work in Athens. Um, last semester, I spent a good bit of time studying for the LSAT, so that that took up some time. But training that I have on my schedule and all that free time seems good, but for me, it's just like, it's too much. I always like being involved and having things to do and not having anything to do is a little bit different. So I'm trying to, you know, work that out since I've, I've only been back for a couple of days, but trying to come up with things to do, I right. guess. Right. Well, the priority I'm sure is Rio now for you, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So what does, what does it take now? What do you need to do? The selection trials next year, Shannon, what will you need to do in terms of meets leading up to that? I'm going to try to do as many of the Grand Prix meets as possible, and then I'll be at the the national meet um, in December to try to, I don't know if I'll necessarily rest for that, but I'll probably do something similar to what we used to do for Georgia, where they kind of do like a super short drop taper for the meet, like just a couple of days rest and go out and see what you can do on a few days rest just to see where you're at in training and then pick back up and go to as many Grand Prix in the spring as I feel are necessary. Um, I think, like, obviously in 2012, having a taper meet only a few months before um, trials didn't hurt me, like going to NCAAs. Um, but I won't, I won't do anything like that. But I think coming down a little bit and tapering for the December meet won't hurt me at all. I guess just competing is as much necessary um i feel like i have a lot of training to do to kind of bounce back from where this last season has been so i'll definitely be focused on that for at least the first few months i think my first meal will probably be november i think maybe yeah and then i'll get going from there so i'm excited to kind of get back training and yeah, I can imagine, yeah, well, well, time for a little bit of recovery here, a bit of R&R before you do get back into training and, and several weeks um, of training then before that first meet in November. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, lots to look forward to next year. It'd be mm-hmm. nice to get back on the Olympic uh, roster, wouldn't it, and get back on that yeah. podium again, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, a lot to look forward to, as you say, Shannon, and uh, hopefully you can enjoy this bit of a break. And congratulations on a on fantastic summer, really. I mean, in terms of results, it's all very impressive when you come home with seven medals. So uh, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that all. And thanks so much for taking the time to come on the program. Feel better, too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's one heck of a haul, isn't it? Seven medals. Yes. I mean, between her and Kate Ledecky, uh, you know, what do you do with so many medals? I would think, you know, uh, <laughs> even bringing them home, you'd cling to them, wouldn't you, with your carrier? <laughs> yeah, you would think. That was always kind of a you know an ongoing joke, with especially with all of the luggage fees now. You know, when you get too many awards, what do you do? They you try to pack them, and your bags are too heavy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I would think for those those girls, yes, they're going to run into that problem. A nice problem to have, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but you probably wouldn't mind paying excess baggage for those, right? <laughs> well, we also got a chance to catch up with uh, Maya Dorado. Maya won a silver 
at the World Championships mm -hmm. in the 400 individual uh, medley. And uh, that, of course, was important to her because going forward now, Rio is her focus and she wants to get uh, on that Olympic team for the first time. So let's hear what Maya had to say about her experience over there in Kazan. Well, Maya, welcome to the program and congratulations. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How does that feel? A nice medal around your neck, something to bring home and show everybody? Yes, it feels great. Um, after going in 2013 and getting fourth in, um, in the 400 IM, it was definitely a goal to come back to Worlds and get an individual medal. And so it was, it was so great to uh, catch the wall, turn around and see uh, second place and a best time. That was a PB, yeah. was it? Fantastic. Yeah, by a whole second. Um, and so that's, uh, it's always nice to have, especially at, you, you, you know, get further along in your swimming career. The best times are fewer and far between. So it was really great to see. So what was your PB before this uh, World Championships then, Maya? I think uh, 432, and that was from the 2013 Worlds in Barcelona. Okay. So yeah. Inching back on those seconds, those milliseconds every time. Yeah. How did you yep. feel about that particular performance, though, overall, you know, given your preparation and how the race went mm -hmm. for you? Oh, I was so pleased with it. I felt amazing the morning of the race. Um, I just knew it was going to be really good, and um, I was in a good lane and a good spot, and I just executed the race, like, as, as perfectly as I could have, and so it was it's just so nice when you have those races where everything just comes together as as you would hope it would. Now, did you feel that the Hungarian girl was the one to beat going into this race? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Katinko is, um, she's been on top for a long time, and it's, uh, you know, to, to even be that close to her, I was a little surprised, um, but it was a good feeling, and I'm certainly not disappointed with the silver. No, I wouldn't think yeah. so. And, and yeah. <laughs> of course, see, it's all about preparation for Rio, isn't it? Um, that has to be your focus now, isn't it? Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's really nice to get the medal, but it's more it's more encouraging where that sets me up for next year. And so, um, it's really exciting. And it it'll it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Also, bodes well for the preparation I've been doing and my training, it certainly um, shows me that I'm on the right track and I'm doing the right things. Yeah, absolutely. It just uh, val yeah. validates it all and because it's pretty yeah. intense. You're, you're pretty much full-time swimming then, not much time for anything else in life. Yeah, 
yeah, so, um, you know, you have to keep some good perspective and balance about it and not get too um, roped up in, in just making sure you're, you know, hitting all your times. But it's um, it's certainly nice to be doing it from, like, a, a happy place instead of a stressed place. Yeah, for sure. Now, looking forward then over the next months leading up to Rio, the selection trials, of course, Maya, what do you expect you'll do for the rest of 2015? Some more Grand Prix? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are you looking at for the rest of 2015? Yeah, I don't think I'll, for the rest of 2015, I won't be competing for a couple months. Um, I'll just take a little break now and then get back into training and I'll swim in December in the USA Nationals. Um, and I may do a, a Grand Prix before that, but not too much racing this fall. So training then now, when you say you take a bit of a rest, how long would you give yourself, allow yourself to take a deep breath and recover from what you've just done yeah. before you get back into training, Maya? I will probably take about two weeks, um, and I'll talk with my coach a little bit more, but, um, you know, you want to have enough time off where you're, rejuvenated going into this next year because it's going to be a lot of really intense training for um, a good chunk of time with no more breaks. But at the same time, you can't let yourself get too out of shape before getting back in. So um, I think two weeks will be about perfect. Do you do anything during those two weeks, Myron, you know, just to keep you feeling supple? And I mean, obviously, you know, muscle memory is one thing, and but taking a two week break, is, yeah. there, is there any need to yeah. do anything just to keep ticking over? Yeah, it's a good chance to kind of um, fix maybe some problems that have developed with training over this past couple months. So I'm doing some yoga um, just to stay flexible and work on um, back strength and um, just general flexibility. So that's, that is fun to do, and it's also really helpful for me. Do you do Pilates? I do. I do do some Pilates, which I also really enjoy. Yes, I'm a big fan of Pilates. I'm a total convert. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's great for swimming. It really applies well to the movements and the body position that you need to have in the water. I can imagine it would, you know, obviously the stretching, the core strength and all those things. But when you, mm -hmm. when you look at the medley, I'm sure you've been asked this a dozen times, do you have any stroke you prefer? Yeah, um, I enjoy backstroke in the IM, partly because it's, it's just really comfortable for me and also because that's where I kind of gain on people. So it's more fun to do than, say, brushstroke where I'm just, like, struggling to um, keep up, I guess. Why do you think that is, then? What, 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 you know, when you, we, obviously, we all have strengths and weaknesses, but within, mm -hmm. you know, a multidiscipline event, yeah. why do you think that is where, you know, when you're as strong and as fit as you are, as, you know, top mm -hmm. swimmers are, mm -hmm. wh why do you think there's that little difference between the one stroke and the other? That's a really good question. It's, um, yeah, because when all swimmers are that good, you feel like at some point they can just do all the strokes adequately enough, but it really is such a difference in movement between them. So, you know, backstroke is long axis and um, just kind of a different rhythm than breaststroke, which is really its own its own movement. Breaststroke is a really funky stroke. So some people just get it and their knees bend the right way and um, some people don't and it's a lot more difficult. So I'm definitely in the latter group but with a lot of work it eventually is getting better all right well tell me how to go in a straight line doing the backstroke Maya and not go diagonally across the pool. <laughs> <ball. laughs> 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of my teammates actually struggle with the same thing, but it helps to practice and grown up swimming outdoors. But I, it, you really just have to get the right goggles where you can use your peripheral vision and see the lane line and the side. So you're close enough to the lane line without being on it. But a lot of people struggle with that, so don't feel too badly. Okay. All right. Well, you're used to the pool in all kinds of uh, positions as well because you did synchronized swimming, didn't you, before you took to this? I did. I started out as a synchronized swimmer for a year, and that um, that was actually really helpful in terms of sculling and getting a good feel for the water. Um, I think that set me up really well to then feel comfortable in pool swimming. And why did you make that shift? What was it that converted you? Um, I think my parents saw that I had a good competitive side, and I liked the water, and um, I think they thought that Swimming would just work out a little better for me than synchronized swimming would in the long term. Yeah, well, a different training regime, I'm sure. How many hours would you spend in the pool, you know, once you get back into training, Maya, given that this is what you do in life now is all about being in the pool? Yeah, it is. Um, But I still don't actually really swim that much. So I do um, three mornings a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I guess Saturday. Um... And then we have every afternoon of swimming. And um, so it's about an hour and 45 minutes in the morning and um, an hour of either dry land or weights in the afternoon, plus then about um, an hour and a half of swimming after that. So it's it's a good, it's plenty of exercise, but it's um, I'm not in the water for like eight hours a day or anything. And how long of that would you spend with your coach? And tell us who he is. Oh, my coach is Greg Meehan. Um, he's fantastic. He has been coaching at Stanford since 2012, um, and we've just really had a a great run since he's been in charge. And um, my swimming, for sure, has benefited tremendously from him. But he's, he's with us um, all the time that we're in the pool, and then um, we have our own weight and strength coach that takes care of us in the weight room. And nutrition obviously is important to any athlete. So do you have a particular yeah. regime, anything that you swear by that this is something I must do every day? Um, not really. I try to eat well and a lot of it. So I'm, I'm not filling up on junk food or candy or anything, but I do eat a lot, certainly. Um, I love carnation and some breakfast. That's a really good way of getting um calories and vitamins in um and then you know just lots of good pasta veggies meat um and fruit i love love fruit well you get some nice fresh fruit over there in uh, on the left coast in, in california yes. of course and, yes uh, we absolutely do and also seafood yeah i'm i'm not i'm 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 working up towards that. I like shrimp and salmon, but other than that, I don't go too um, too fishy. But there is anything you could possibly want here they have, which is so nice. Yeah, that's the nice thing about being over there for sure. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, an exciting year ahead this time next year. Mm-hmm. We might be having a different conversation, Maya. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can circle back around and get you on the show again, maybe before or after Rio, so we can talk about more medals. <laughs> Absolutely, that would be 
That would be my pleasure. All right. Well, we will plan on that. In the meanwhile, enjoy your break and when you get back into training for the rest of the year, also leading up to those trials. And the, the very best of luck, Maya. Thank you for coming on the program. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. Well, USA Swimming can be pretty happy, I would think, don't you, Jess? Yes, I think that <laughs> they would be crazy if they weren't really excited about what just happened over there in Kazan. So pretty impressive showing from all of them. Yeah, it really is. Congratulations to every one of those medalists. And we mm -hmm. will follow them all the way to Rio and beyond. But we're going to turn now to another event that's been happening these past days leading up to the climax this weekend in Sydney. And that's netball, isn't it, Jess? Yeah, and the Netball World Championships are going on right now in Australia. Tomorrow, the semis are taking place with New Zealand facing off against England and Australia taking on Jamaica. Australia is the two-time defending champion. They, uh, <laughs> Between Australia and New Zealand, it looks like they've won every Netball World Cup since 1963. So, Hope, you know, it'd be kind of nice to see a little upset this weekend and see maybe England or Jamaica take out the two favorites and see if we can get a new country to become the netball world champion. But the final will take place on Sunday um, after the semis on Saturday. So I think, you know, that'll be pretty interesting to see and hope that we see a new country come out on top. Yeah, but it, wouldn't it be interesting, you know, with, as you say, New Zealand are playing England and Australia playing Jamaica, and then they mm -hmm. play off for the bronze medal match as well, don't they, the two right. races? Yeah, they do. And that takes place in the morning of Sat on Sunday before the gold medal round. So, yeah, the, whoever is the winner on those takes on the other winner in the final, and then the two losers go for the bronze medal. Well, let's hope that, as you say, we can break a pattern there, but it's hard when a country's had a stranglehold <laughs> on the sport for so yeah. long. Uh, I, I, know, mm. I know England uh, will be doing their darndest to get their revenge because I was, I'm only going to mention this very briefly, Jess, but uh, England are playing Australia right now in the, in the women's ashes. Mm -hmm. And it's a multi-format <laughs> competition over several weeks and right now we we look we i say england being an expat we look like we're going to lose to the australians so the netball might be a chance for us to get our own back on them. exactly <laughs> <laughs> well let's come back to the states and indianapolis now because another major competition over here is the gymnastics mm -hmm. championships isn't it yeah the png national championships are taking place right now and it's kind of the beginning of the countdown to Rio for the gymnasts, I would say, you know, it's the first kind of big competition leading into next year's Olympics, which is always the biggest event for gymnasts. And yesterday they had their first round or first day in the all around competition. And Simone Biles, who is the two time defending us and world champion is leading the way. And there's actually kind of a big deal about the fact that she fell in her floor routine and is still leading. And I guess her, her routines are just so much more have such a higher rating than the rest of the, her competitors that she's still able to hold the lead. So they have their second day of competition on Saturday to decide who will become the U S champion. And she is leading right now uh, the 2012 Olympic champion, Gabrielle Douglas, is making her comeback to the sport. She competed a few weeks ago 
and finished second to Biles, but then right now she's currently sitting in third behind Maggie Nichols, who is uh, in second. So I think it'll be pretty exciting to see how it plays out over the next two days for that overall title, and then they'll move on to the individual titles. So, yeah, it'll be pretty exciting. And then next year they'll move on to having their Olympic trials to qualify for Rio. Americans have always been pretty good at gymnastics, haven't they? Well, and you know, this is actually funny. I was looking into this yesterday because everyone always has heard of Mary Lou Retton forever. Well, she was the only U.S. gymnast to win an all-around title all the way up until 2004. And since 2004, the last three Olympics have been won, the all-around title has been won by an American. So, you know, it's kind of become the American sport over the last 10 years. It's pretty interesting to see the changes that have happened. And the U.S. dominates in the team events, it seems like, too, now. So, you know, something's going right in the USA gymnastics right now. Yeah, because we think of, you know, Eastern European countries, don't we, for mm-hmm. gymnastics? Yeah, and that's, you know, they were always the ones who were so dominant for the longest time. And now... Americans have really come on strong over the last 10, 15 years. Mm. Well, we'll follow that with interest. And that all comes mm-hmm. to a conclusion this weekend in yes. Indianapolis, Indiana, which is the home of the USA gymnastics governing body. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to be said, I was thinking about that just, you know, something to be said for having those major championships and like a national championship, the home of the governing body. I don't mm-hmm. know why, it just seems to be a natural fit. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier for these governing bodies if their national championships is in the backyard. Yeah, just just a little bit easier, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to turn now to athletics because the World Championships is coming up in Beijing here um, in the next few days, and um, we, of course, will be following that with interest. And I took the opportunity to uh, talk to Kendra Chambers who's one of the WISP ambassadors here. And mm-hmm. she, uh, she of course, is a track and field athlete herself. She's a middle distance athlete. And she's going to be uh, following this, of course, throughout. She'll be back on the show as well to tell us how it all played out. But I tried to get her prediction. She wasn't giving much away, though, Jess. I didn't, she, she didn't <laughs> want to jinx anybody. But uh, let's hear from Kendra. What are your predictions then, Kendra? Where do you want to start? Um, sure. Well, first of all, the team that's um, going over to represent the USA Athletics or Track and Field, I mean, the team is outstanding. Um, there has been a few last-minute replacements um, due to injury and sickness and illness. They kind of switched around um, some people, but it's a very good li- list nonetheless. And um, returning champions uh, that are going to be representing the U.S. over there are Ashton Eaton, the very famous decathlete. He's an amazing, amazing athlete. Um, LaShawn Merritt, David Oliver, Brittany Reese, and Brianna Rollins are all returning world champions. So um, I think the USA is set up for a pretty nice, um, you know, week long of events. And I think they'll come home with plenty of medals. Well, let's just talk about the, the women. Just focus on the women, Kendra. And uh, Alison Felix, of course, is one that we would have all eyes on and expectations in the 200 metres. Yeah, so actually uh, she'll definitely be one of the main challengers um, ahead for the uh, championships. But However, I believe she's actually going to run the 400. Um, as of now, that's what reports are saying. But I guess we'll just have to just wait and see till she gets on the line. Um, but yes, Allison Felix did qualify in the 200 and the 400. So 
just amazing to see um, her spread of talent and what she's able to accomplish um, will be interesting to see and very interesting to watch. Um, we also have Jenny Simpson, who's in the 1500. Um, now she's going along with amazing times. The 1500 has been amazing this year. Um, Shannon Roberry, who is the American record holder, she will also be there, which will be exciting to watch them. But we also have the Ethiopian young lady, um, Debaba, who just broke the 1500-meter world record um, for Ethiopia. But um, sources say that she won't actually be running that, that she'll be running possibly the 5K or the 10K. So um, um, waiting for those entries list to come out and the heat sheets to come out, and um, we'll see you know, what will happen with these women and wishing them the best of luck. All right, what about the 100-meter, the then? Who would you favor for that, Kendra? Um, well, right now, right now, um, one of the women who's just really just exploded um, this past year is um, English Garner. Um, she was an athlete at the University of Texas, I'm sorry, University of Oregon, um, and she's just uh, signed with Nike, and she's had a spectacular year, so I would definitely put my money on her as far as one of the main contenders for the USA um um, team and it, I think she'll have a great a great uh, few races over there and hopefully come out with a medal. Well, we've got Molly Ludlow from the U.S. in the 800 meters. Do you know anyone else that we should be looking out for? What kind of form they're on at the moment? Sure. Um, yes, uh, Molly is you know one of the best in the country, um, as well as we have um, Alyssa Montano um, who has great range of experience um, at Worlds and at the Olympics. And we also have Brenda Martinez going in the 800, um, which she's, you know, very versatile athlete. She can run a really good 15 and also a really good 800. So it'll be awesome to see. She's also a returning bronze medalist, uh, Brenda Martinez is. So it'll be awesome to see what these three ladies can do in the 800. And um, I'm definitely guaranteeing at least one of them bringing home a medal. Well, in the 1500 meters, there's Jenny Simpson from Boulder, Colorado as well. Do you know what the kind of form is for the 1500 uh, track uh, athletes, Kendra? Not just the Americans, but what they're up against in the world. Right. Um, We have, you know, Jenny Simpson, Shannon Roberry, and a couple of others. But I think uh, for the most part, um, they're in good shape as far as getting um, maybe even I would say top five even. Um, I think they're going to have to do something amazing um, to really get that gold. There's a lot of, you know, of course, the Ethiopian team and um, the Kenyan team and, you know, different teams around the world that are excelling in that distance right now. And um, I think for the Americans, they'll just have to, you know, stay strong and go through the rounds, make sure they're getting enough recovery and um, being ready for that final. Well, looking at a little bit longer distance here in the marathon, Serena Burrier from Stafford, Virginia. There's uh, obviously that's another one we watch out for because a great indicator of form for Rio. This is an all-important competition for them, isn't it? It's is it a qualifier? I know we have to go through selection trials next year, but how important mm-hmm. is the results from the worlds going forward to next year, Kendra? Um, I think it's very important just because, uh, of course, we're heading into Rio and um, just having that experience at the World uh, Championship level is so important and um, so vital for these ladies to keep going um, and to keep the sport of the marathon growing as well because we know that, you know, in the U.S. in the past couple of years, marathon running has grown. Um, You know, you see it in every city now almost. So just keeping that going and um, keeping it connected to the USA team as a whole. And um, I think they'll have a a great run at the World Championships. But like I said, just really preparing them for the uh, 2016 is, is the key in having that experience.
Yes, and I guess, you know, obviously keeping an eye to the form of the main challenges around the world, at those worlds, you get a pretty good idea of what uh, they can expect next year at Rio. Let's look at the hurdles, the 100 uh, hurdles, because we've got Dawn Harper-Nelson and Kendra Harrison in that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you follow the hurdlers as much? Um, I do, I do. Um, I had a very good friend who just missed um, the team, uh, Jasmine Stowers, who's had an amazing Diamond League run um, the past couple outdoor months. And um, unfortunately, she won't be going, but she's also had some pretty good times. Um, but yeah, we're looking at, you know, Brianna Rollins and um, Don Harper and Kenta. And I, you know, I believe that uh, it'll be good for, you know, the youngers of the, of the group to get that experience in the world. That way they know what it's like, um, you know, to come back and represent the country. Don, Don Harper has been there, um, you know, many times before on that level. So it'll, it'll, it's a nice, you know, mesh between the young and older athletes, kind of letting them see, okay, this is what it's about, and um, kind of letting Don lead, lead the hurdler group, I think, will be great. And, um, you know, like I said, the returning champs, Brianna Rollins, you know, she, she got a free bid, and um, I think she'll do she'll do really well. Um, she's, had a, she's had an uphill season this year, but I think, you know, being there and knowing, hey, you know, I, I was here last year and I, or the year before and I won it, so I think um, she'll have a great one, run as well. Well, let's just go back to Alison Felix, of course. She's such a star in her own right, whether she runs the 200 or the 400. Would there be the pressure and expectations of her to come back uh, it, winning both of those events or one of them even? I mean, it would would that be a lot of pressure on her? Would she expect to win given the form that she's had in the Diamond uh, League this year? Um, I believe so, just because I think she really wanted to do the 400 to show the range. Um, she said many times in interviews that she's kind of, um, you know, done the 200 meters as much as she can. And um, I think she wanted to explore what she could do um, with the 400 meters. And I think that um, it's a good event for her. Um, you know, unfortunately, it kind of messes around with the USA favorites, but that's what track and field is about, is switching it up and being able to, to run at any and all events. So um, I think this is a great story for her, and I hope she does continue to run the 400 and show her range of, um, you know, just being an amazing athlete. Um, so we'll see what, what happens and how well she'll do in either or both events or one of them. Um, I do think definitely whichever one she'll run, she will medal. So it'll be a great um, story for her. Well, we always look forward to her running. Now, what about the field events, Kendra? Do you keep an eye on those as well? I mean, there are so many events in track and field to keep an eye on. But do you get a chance <laughs> to watch any of that when you're racing and see who's uh, the ones to watch? Um, I do. I do. Um, it's kind of hard to um, when you're you know, going around the track kind of try to zone out a little bit on what's going on in the infield. Um, but we do have some amazing field events going. Um, like I said, Brittany Reese is a returning champion. Um, she's been the USA champion many, many times before. Um, and it's just looking for like that veteran style that she has. She knows what she has to do and um, going to the world, you know, uh, championships on that platform. I think she, she knows how to handle the pressure and I think she'll do well and possibly medal this year. So it's exciting to see those events grow and um, kind of change. Um, a lot of the younger younger athletes are now coming up into the scene, especially in the field events. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, going into Rio, who makes those teams. So who would you expect to come back with medals? Obviously, uh, you mentioned there, of course, Alison is expecting to medal whichever she races mm -hmm. in. But of all <laughs> the other athletes there, some of the returning champs, some new new athletes to look out for, who would you expect to bring home a medal, Kendra? 
Um, wow. Uh, that's hard to say. Um, I don't know if I would speak on speak on that, <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and uh, stick with, uh, let's see, I would say for sure Allison Felix will meddle in um, whichever event she does. And you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there that both of the USA um, will meddle in both the relays. So let's say 4 by one and 4 by 4 so that's fair. I don't want to single anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, very politically correct there and no crystal ball, but I'm sure we'll have some surprises as well. We always do in track and field, don't we? We do. You definitely, never... definitely. It's going to be one amazing track, mate. <laughs> it certainly is. And, of course, that all takes place in Beijing in just a couple of weeks. There are nine days, actually, to go from the 22nd to the 30th of august and we'll be following that and reporting again maybe you'll keep an eye on it for us kendra could you come back on the show and give us a report of course i'd love to all right well thanks so much for your time and good luck with your training too thank you so much well like i say we'll get to kendra back on to uh, tell us what she thought about it all because again very very important to a show of form there from the world championships in a pre-olympic mm-hmm. year um, oh yes. No. Do you follow that very closely, Jess? Are you are you are you are you somebody who did a little bit of that at school, perhaps? A bit of athletics? Um a, a very little bit. So I you know, it's one of those things and I feel terrible admitting it. It's something I, I end up following during the Olympic year pretty closely and then in the other years in between not as closely. And I think that goes for a lot of sports. People, you know, I I know that's what happens with skiing and I'm like no there's a whole world cup (laughs) tour that goes on every single year (laughs) and then you know I feel so I feel pretty pretty guilty admitting that to another sport that I know has a lot going on in other years yeah well that's the fun part about doing this Jess is we're able to you know keep up with a lot of other sports that as you say we typically only dip into when the olympics come around yes that's very true all right and you're doing a great job at this look at you you're getting an expert in gymnastics and swimming and (laughs) netball and sports you never thought you would right (laughs) well we're going to come back to your sport now Mm -hmm. yeah so the u.s women's team headed down to New Zealand about a week and a half ago and yesterday there was some pretty bad news that came out that Lindsay Vaughn crashed in training and broke her ankle. There's not really much of an update about the extent of the injury but she had to head home and you know everyone hopes it's something minor. I know those injuries can be pretty funny. Sometimes they can take you know a month or two to fix and sometimes they take much longer so we're hoping that it's a quick, quick recovery. It's, you know, August 14th. The first race of the season doesn't start until sold in at the end of October. So, you know, kind of we'll be on the lookout to see if she'll be ready by then. Otherwise, wait until November, end of November after Thanksgiving for the World Cup in Aspen to see if she can make her return then. But, you know, she was coming off of a, an incredible comeback year last year where she won two, the downhill and Super G globes and she really wanted to get back to competing for the overall title this year so hopefully that's just a little little minor setback that doesn't have any effect on her season I can imagine with a you know fracture if it's a hairline fracture yeah it it is a fracture and you still have to respect it but would a ski boot not help it be like you know the rehab boot wouldn't it but even better (laughs) yeah I know I actually I saw a photo of her today wearing a walking boot and 
I think usually that's what they do when it's kind of a small fracture. And, you know, I think the pressure on the ankle when you're flexing and the pressure of the boot when the bone's actually broken still causes a lot of problems. So, you know, it just depends on how long it takes for that to heal. And once it's healed, then I think, you know, then it's safe in the boot. It's not one of those ones where, you know, a knee injury, you have to wait a certain amount of time and you're at more of a risk. I think, as far as I understand, usually the boot will act as a a protector in those situations, which makes it even more interesting that she was able, that she actually broke her ankle in a ski boot in a crash, because that's pretty rare too. Yeah, she must have got on a real edge, mustn't she? Yeah, I, I know I haven't heard any details about what happened, but I would imagine twisting. Usually that can, you know, a lot of people will break their ankles when they straddle a gate in a slalom course, mm-hmm. but I don't believe she was training slalom, so. No. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I That one's a pretty interesting injury for a ski racer when you break an ankle in your boot. Yeah, and early on in training, and I, I heard that she really loves going down to Queenstown, has been doing that for a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, said it would be a good place to have a World Cup race down there. Have you been? Yes, I have. Isn't we it fabulous? Yes, it's great. We always spent our time in New Zealand, we would be in Queenstown training at Coronet Peak, which is where the women's team has been. So, oh. yeah, that's a great, great spot. Did you ever get to fly over the Remarkables down to Milford Sound? Um, no, I did not, but the Queenstown airport, you fly right by the Remarkables when you are landing. So. Right, right. <laughs> so right. I've, and I've, we skied there a couple of times as well when there were, we were having some other snow problems at Cornet Peak. So yeah, that, the, the, those mountains are amazing. The views, I mean, it's just, it's so beautiful down there. And the mountain lakes on, you know, on top yes. of the mountains, just absolutely fabulous. I mm-hmm. took a light aircraft from Queenstown over the Remarkables down to, to Milford Sound. And that oh, was wow. one, oh boy, was that a hairy ride. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll watch that story with interest, of course. Good luck to Lindsay. Hopefully mm-hmm. that is a minor setback and she'll be back on the slopes before you know it. And we'll look yeah. to you for updates, Jess, when you come back. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to turn to sailing now. My favorite all-girls sailing team was back <laughs> on the water just yesterday off the south coast of England. They took part in the Artemis Challenge and they won the VO65, that's the Volvo Ocean 65 class in the Artemis Challenge. Okay, there were only two boats, but Dong Fang from the Around the World, <laughs> the Volvo Around the World race was the other. And, of course, that's sweet revenge. The girls got to beat them, you know. That was yes. <laughs> sweet for them. So they'll take that, and that sets them up nicely. For this weekend, the Fastnet race takes place off the south coast of England. They go to the Fastnet Rock, which is off the south coast of England. Mm-hmm. They leave from Cowes and come back to Plymouth, and uh, that has a lot of history, that race. So uh, a lot of boats taking part in that and uh, our girls are back on there not all of them I have to say just some of them are doing other things in fact including Sam Davis who's the skipper of course uh, mm-hmm. for the around the world race she's actually on an, on another boat so great fun watching those girls battling it out but lovely to see them two Americans Sally Barco and Sarah Hasreiter there on the boat and uh, uh, Caroline, ba- 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 Caroline Bauer is actually skippering this time the uh, Dutch girl very experienced. Dee Caffrey's on there, Liz Wardley, the Australian, uh, and the other Australian, Sophie Sizek, um, Libby Greenhold, the uh, the Brit, 
and as I mentioned, Dee, and Annie Lush, the other Brit as well. So a really experienced team there, and I'm sure they would love to prove themselves again with that Fastnet mm-hmm. race this weekend. So the very best of luck to them. Um, also, this week, there's two other major championships. The Badminton World Championships are taking place in Indonesia all this week. And again, that will be an indicator of Rio form. We'll be looking out for mm-hmm. who took those championships and we'll be going to Rio. And the U.S. National Water Ski Championships are being held in Palm Beach this week through the weekend. And Erica Lang, who was uh, featured on one of our shows uh, a few months ago, she's uh, returning there. She's been going there since she was knee-high to a grasshopper. (laughs) She's uh, uh, one of those uh, amazing water, you know, the trick skiing. Jess, I mean, she does all the kinds of flips and things. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. You you think you're good on snow skis? You Ooh. should try that, Jess. Oh, I know. I've tried. It's it's a oh, you have. different. A little <laughs> more challenging. Not doesn't usually end well for me, so I I'll leave it to just being a spectator for those sports. <laughs> so was there any comparison at all? Was there anything that that you could say, Oh well this this might help my training, you know, in the summer to go water skiing? Or oh not? yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of crossover between that you know just the burn that you get in your legs is very similar and the timing of the turns that uh, that all relates pretty well um but it's it, you know it's kind of a different you you want to lean in a lot more when you're on <laughs> the water skis versus the snow skis so definitely a lot of crossover and then some things that aren't quite as similar what about the speed comparison uh you know, I think that's tough to judge because I feel like I'm so much more comfortable on snow than on water skis. So it would feel a lot faster to me being behind a boat than it would be on snow. So I guess in a way it's helped, it helps with uh, pushing my limits. You know, that would maybe be something that you would notice. It would be something that would be a challenge to overcome to help with fear and later on in a snow event when do you get back on the snow i will not be skiing until there's snow here so i don't know november probably right yeah i mean i haven't i guess i haven't talked to you since i was in mount hood because our last show was when we had keely kelleher on right before her camp so then yeah yeah so i skied in june and july with her and then i won't be on snow again until probably november that was fun, wasn't it, doing the summer camp yes. with these girls? Oh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really great. So that, do you feel the burn then when you get back on the slopes, like in the middle of summer like that, just for a short period of time when you've been off since the previous season, do you feel the burn in your legs? Oh, yes. You know, I think it's a funny sport. It's one that you can work out in the gym and get strong and fit, but it, it doesn't relate that much to being on snow. It can help you. But those first days, you always, your legs feel it, your back really feels it. There's just some muscles that you can't replicate in a gym. And so it always takes a little while to get back into it. And, you know, that's just me coaching now, which is sliding around and (laughs) (laughs) not really pushing as hard as I once did. So, (laughs) But when you've done your days coaching, do you just feel the urge just to... I say, okay, so see you later, girls, and just turn and head down the slopes as fast as you can. <laughs> um, not really. You don't? I think I, <laughs> I would. Sometimes, sometimes, but no, I think, you know, 
when you make that transition from being an athlete to a coach, it's sort of a easy move and happens for a reason, you know, and you don't want to be out there pushing your limits as much anymore. It's more moderation. About... Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice to be able to enjoy it though. Enjoy the slopes. All right. Well, we'll, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk more skiing as that season approaches all too fast mm-hmm. here before we know oh, it, I know. get past the summer sports and we'll be back on the Another slopes. Two months. I know. All right. Well, we'll we'll get you back before then anyway. Okay, so perfect. Yeah. But let's turn now to our coaching tip of the week because mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Female Coaching Network is uh, a partner for these coaching tips. And this week we're going to be joined by Kathy Butler, who is a running coach, and she's going to talk about form and the importance of running form. Well, Kathy, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much for coming along with our coaching tip this week in conjunction with the Female Sporting Network. We're enjoying this partnership. We're talking to coaches all around the world, literally. And you're from the world of running, aren't you? You're a full-time, pretty much full-time coach there, Kathy. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do before we get started on your tip this week. I coach a variety of groups, uh, everything from high school athletes to uh, elite and sub-elite athletes within um, online and in Boulder, Colorado. I have a checker group and a group through a local running store. And um, then, you know, just anyone I kind of come into contact with sometimes. But yes, a variety of athletes and uh, ability levels. Okay. So we're going to talk about something very fundamental to running, and that is the, the form, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of um, a strange thing that you think people don't really think about their form very often, but it's actually one of the questions I get asked the most. What is the best running form? So I, uh, I thought that might be a good thing to talk about today. It's interesting when people ask me, either they sometimes they say, you know, am I, do I have correct running form, or should I be changing my form to run a certain distance, to run a marathon? I've only ever run a 10K before. And I tend to reply back, well... It depends on you. It depends on what your goals are, what you're training for. Everyone's different. Everyone's made up physiologically differently. Everyone's proportions are different. Some people play soccer their whole lives or football. Uh, some people, you know, come in with different backgrounds, having run nothing but marathons or nothing, you know, they were a sprinter in school and now they want to run a marathon. So it really depends on the person, how they will look running and also what they need, how they need to look when they're running. So I tend to say that typically their running form will follow their function, what they're training for. So if you train correctly for the event you're trying to do, then whatever form your body needs to to use to do that will happen. Now, that being said, that means training correctly. So, you know, you need to to use the right tools to get you um, the right running form. So different types of training, you know, speed work, hills, those kind of things will all give you correct form. And then typically, sometimes, well, people come to me and they say, well, yeah, I keep getting injured, is it my running form? And that becomes a whole other thing. So you sort of tend to take a look at people and you're like, okay, yeah, there's something going on here. Is it just that, you know, the shoes are the wrong shoes? Typically, that doesn't affect things a ton as much as shoes are important. Um, so then, it, then I usually start to look at people's weaknesses. If someone's come straight from there's these popular programs called Couch to 5K. And, you know, they will get you to running a 5K, but sometimes it doesn't address the sort of 
background weaknesses you get when you spend all day sitting at a computer typing or since what your, you know, your day-to-day jobs are. You spend, maybe at the most, a lot of people spend an hour, an hour and a half running uh, in a day or any given day, maybe not even that much, and you spend the rest of the time doing whatever it is they do with the rest of their hours, and that can affect how their body responds to training as well. So I tend to say, you know, once again, form will follow function, but maybe you need to look at what kind of strength program you're doing. And I incorporate this in for all athletes, all levels, all abilities. You know, they could be trying to get to the Olympics or they could just be starting out. But everyone needs some form of strength routine. And this will help their running form to give them the best running form. So having... um, a set of dynamic warm-up. It sounds, you know, very like, oh, you know, I need to be really advanced to have a dynamic warm-up. But you don't. It can be something as simple as some light skipping and hopping and that kind of thing to get your body ready to run with the correct form. It helps warm up your feet and your ankles and your knees and get everything um, ready to run. And this, this can be a big thing. You know, a lot of people say, I can't run, I have bad knees. Well, typically, running can actually help your knees. It can give you give you strong knees. But it has to be done correctly. You have to work into it carefully. And doing things that make your knees stronger, which includes running, but also things like lunges and squats and eventually squat jumps. I'm just talking all body weight stuff. Nothing. You're not going into the gym and trying to create this big, strong um, body, but you're making it strong for what it needs to do. You're making the the right form for for the function of what you want to do. Um, so those you know those kind of things I have, I focused. It depends what event. A lot of the time um, I focus on the feet as well. I have people do a lot of foot exercises where they kind of maybe crawl along along the floor. It's the slowest race in the world where you use your toes to pull yourself along the floor. Make your feet in the base of everything. The thing that comes in contact with the ground and propels you forward. Make those strong. Um, and you'll, you'll see, you know, you'll see improvements in your running form without ever thinking, you know, without making a conscious thought about how you're changing the running form, your form will become better. And, you know, that's, that becomes the best running form for you. So it's sort of, you know, to answer the question, is there a best running form? There is no best running form. You can go and watch, you know, any road race, local road race or an Olympic final and see everybody has a different running form. But it becomes what is the best running form for you. And that's kind of how I how I approach my, my tips to, to running form. Well, that's very good inf- advice there because it seems to me, Cassie, that it's one of those things that's like a natural rhythm for you too. You know, as somebody who's run themselves, you find when you get into that sweet spot, it is your comfortable rhythm and it's your natural spot for you, isn't it, in terms of your form? Exactly. It's, you, you, get, you know that feeling. You know the feeling when it's not right. Also, when you've been sitting in a car for 10 hours and you try to hop out of the car and go for a run. That doesn't feel right for the first five minutes. But yeah, you, you get that feeling and you can tell once you're feeling strong and all the muscles in your body are working correctly for the way your body is made up. And the other aspect I found, you know, having run and having ridden a lot is the most important thing is that you're over the center of balance is what we talk about in equestrian sport. But it is also Mm -hmm. the same in running, isn't it? You've got to be over the center of balance at any given time. Yes, you need to be, um, 
typically have a little bit of forward lean because you, your sensor is going to be a little bit in front of you um, at all times. And, it, and you don't want to be breaking as you're running. So this, sometimes that you see that with young kids when they run. They really reach out in front, and they're almost breaking every step. So you want to be a little bit more, um, you need to get your legs a little bit under you. Sometimes that's because they have such long legs for the size of their body that they kind of, you know, they're like baby giraffes, their legs kind of go everywhere. But you, you do see that in, in adults as well, that they tend to overstride if they try to go faster. Um, instead of focusing on, on just kind of keeping the stride a little more compact and getting the speed from the power of their body rather than trying to change the dimensions of their stride. That sounds the kind of thing you do when you're learning to dance new moves. You always overreach, don't you? <laughs> you can yeah. see the exaggeration yeah. there. Learning to skate, learning to do all these new things. and But running is no different from that. You've got to stay within your pattern, within your form, haven't you? Exactly. Don't make any major major changes. You know, The more you start to think about it, the more you probably start to make mistakes and end up getting injured. Um, you just... You know, if you, you overthink it uh, a little bit too much. Very small, you know, conscious thought about certain little changes is okay. But typically, yeah, you're working the training you do and all the kind of exercise that you do to be strong will change the form if it's needed. Very good advice. Well, thank you very much indeed for that, Kathy, and coming on the program this week. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, thanks to Kathy, and don't forget to check out the website there for the Female Coaching Network. That's at femalecoachingnetwork.com, and they're also on Twitter at FemaleCN. All right, well, let's tell everybody about the upcoming events. There's uh, plenty of them, Jess. Um, in, you know, we mentioned actually several of them earlier, mm -hmm. but there's also the rowing championships, the world rowing championships, which take, take place in Lake Agabelle in France at the mm -hmm. end of this month, August the 30th through yep. September the 6th. Would that be a sport that would help you rowing to, to develop muscles and in your arms and back strength? Yeah, I would, you know, we've used those stationary rowers that are in the gym before for training and you use your legs more than you realize doing the at least on the stationary one. Um, and I've been in a boat once before for cross training. And, you know, for with that, more of it is the synchronization with your teammates, mm -hmm. which <laughs> was kind of hard for a group of ski racers to figure out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, I think any type of, event, any type of sport that uses full body strength is a great cross training activity for ski racing. Well, that brings me very nicely to what I'm bound to mention because you've been tagged in this uh, Wisp Fitness Challenge for the two-minute <laughs> plank, Jess Kelly. I know, and I have failed so far. Well, I haven't failed. I haven't tried. You haven't even tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, I know, I, I mean, I've done it before, so I know I can do it. I just haven't actually taken the time to do it, and I am completely responsible for being way behind schedule on people are that. looking to you for inspiration they'll think I well know. if jess kelly can do this let's see how she can do it and then we we'll do. yeah i know terrible yeah. that i'm this this late all right well, well we'll still keep you to it send that video over and we will okay. post it so everybody can see that you you know, being the skier that you are, you can easily hold a two-minute plank. I mean, go for longer. <laughs> you know, Sarah Gross says she could probably do three minutes now. I think, you know, there, mm. there are others out there that uh, 
you know, can just do this for fun. But uh, okay. you know, if you can meet two minutes, you can set it to music, you know, just yes, like, like exactly. I did. Set it to music, have some fun with it, or do it with a training partner. Mm-hmm. And tag Perfect. someone, okay? Okay, okay. I will, I will try my best to do that in the next three days. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, mentioning Sarah, we should also... Uh, say con- uh, good luck to Sarah, Sarah Gross, the Canadian who is defending her title at the North American mm-hmm. Ironman Championships this weekend near Quebec, in, or Montreal rather, in Canada. And as I mentioned earlier, Team SCA are taking part in the Fastnet race mm-hmm. and, and on and on and on and on we go. I mean, how, is, are we missing anyone else? We're bound to be missing someone else <laughs> out, Jess. I'm not sure. I feel like we've covered a lot today. We have covered a lot. Well, good luck to all of them. Let's uh, yes, let's just put exactly. our arms around all of those women in sport, wherever you are in the world, and whatever level of sport, enjoy it and give it your best. And uh, you can always write and tell us about your personal bests in any sport. We'd love to hear about that. Just mm-hmm. shoot me an, an email at info at wisp.media. And, of course, the website is wisp.media. Check out the gallery there, too. We have a wall of fame and some fabulous photographs from all our athletes around the world in different sports. So, Also, whilst you're there, click on the new show that went live this week called Just Between Us with Sarah Gross talking to Maria Sampson, the uh, Canadian silver medalist in, in World Cup rugby one of the best uh, rugby players in Canada. It was a wonderful conversation, just an intimate little conversation between the two of them. And uh, it fascinating to hear that uh, they compared notes, Jess, you know, with their training, with the sport opportunities, with uh, nutrition, with the quality in the sport. And this is something that you're going to take part in, isn't it, this new series? Yeah, I would. I hope to. Uh, I think it's a great, great idea. And I'm, you know, I'm going to look back and listen in on the one from last week and see. And I really would like to take part in it. So we're going to find you someone. Hey, it has to be someone from a different sport. And uh, we're going to find you someone that you would enjoy talking to that uh, Mm -hmm. uh, will get lined up here in the next few weeks. Well, just before we go on to mention that people, if you're interested in athletics next year, I should say in Portland, Oregon in March, I know it's a ways out, but uh, if you're heading that way and are keen on uh, athletics, then those uh, world championships will take place from March the 17th to the 20th in Portland, Oregon. Well, that about wraps it up for this week, Joe. Uh, Jess, it's been one heck of a show. Um, mm-hmm. Have we missed anything out? Anything you'd like to add before we? Start I going? think we have covered pretty much everything. I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Lots of different sports this week. Yeah. When are we going to see you? Hear from you again? I should say. When? When can you come back? Um, I can come back anytime. Right. I'm pretty pretty free the next few months. Few. Yeah. All so. Right. We'll hold you to that. Okay. Uh, lovely to talk to you, Jess. Great to yes, have you, you on. Yes, you too, Chris. Thank as, you. As always. And thanks to our guests this week, Shannon Vreeland and Maya Dorado, Kendra Chambers, and to Kathy Butler, and to the Female Coaching Network for partnership with that coaching tip each week. And good luck to everybody, wherever you are in the world, taking part in sport. I'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Until then, thank you all for listening. Bye.